Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me today in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's drop down to verse 16 and talk today about the divine frequency, because I believe the Lord is speaking to you, praise God, and we want to be able to tune in and hear clearly from the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask as we study your word today that your Holy Spirit would come and illuminate the scriptures, help us to be able to grasp it and apply it to our lives. And we just thank you, Father, that your word is working in a great way in our lives. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, verse 16 For who has known the mind of the Lord? that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Well, I find this a fascinating statement. It doesn't say that one day when we die, we'll finally have the mind of Christ, we'll, we'll finally be able to think like God. It doesn't say that, it's in the present tense. So this is something that we already have. But we have, not that we're going to, we've already got it. We have the mind of Christ. I believe that we can really think the thoughts of God. I know that in Peter's epistle, the second one, second Peter chapter one, I think it's verse four, he spoke about how, because uh, in earlier, I think like verse two, he said, because we're in Christ Jesus, we have the divine nature. Wow. So when we're born again, that very nature of God comes into us, our spirit is recreated, and the nature of God is imparted into our lives. We're able now to love like God, we're able to forgive like God, and we can also think like God. So we have the mind of Christ, we can think the same kind of thoughts Jesus does, we can grab and understand God thoughts because we are now on that frequency. We are able to be on the God frequency of language and communication because we are a partaker of His nature. So it only makes sense that we can understand what it is that He's saying. Well, right now I have two dogs, and they're both wonderful. Uh, one of the dogs, uh, she just bark, she'll bark at anything that moves if she hears a noise outside or something that she's not sure what it is, it's just immediate barking. And according to what uh, it says about her breed, it's understandable. It says she's going to bark, and with dogs of that breed, uh, there's really no way to untrain them or retrain them. It's just part of their, their nature. It's just what they do. So, you know, we let her bark, and the thing is, is that when I hear her bark, uh, to me it's just a dog barking. But I know that to the dog across the, the little park area on the other side that lives at the neighbor's house, I know when that, when that dog hears my dog bark, well, that dog starts barking. And then there's another dog just a little ways up the street, well, that dog starts barking. And to me, it's just a dog barking, but to them, they're communicating. I don't exactly know what they're communicating because I don't speak dog language, but I do know that they're communicating with, with each other. Why? They're on the same frequency. Um, I was at a zoo one time, and I heard a lion roar. Quite a, quite a majestic experience, but I didn't really understand what the lion was saying. But when he roared, 
there was another lion in another cage, and he began to roar also. Well, they're communicating with each other. So, when God speaks, when we are on His frequency, and we are, 2 Peter 1.4, we are partakers of His divine nature. When God speaks, it's only um, normal for us to understand because we have the same nature as God. So, being on that frequency, we can pick up on it and hear from the Lord. Now, the thing about hearing from the Lord is that you don't always need a booming voice. Thus says the Lord. You know, you may have a moment like that where God speaks to you, and you could have those special occasions, but God can also speak through thoughts that He gives to you. And they can be very smooth, peaceful thoughts where God just will cause His way of thinking to come into your mind, and without really noticing it, without like fireworks or spectacular angel feathers coming down, you know, you're just thinking just like God you're thinking His thoughts. We have the mind of Christ. Praise God. I believe this can be developed. When I was a young man growing up in church, our denomination, uh, of course, was a wonderful denomination. They wanted to see people saved. They were big on soul winning. But we had a lot of legalism. We had a lot of tradition. We had a lot of uh, man-made religious stuff mixed in. I think one of the things is that we didn't have a good view of God from the perspective of that He's a good God. So uh, there was also a misunderstanding of grace. So we had a lot of legalism, a lot of the law or a judgmental mindset. We had those things weigh us down. And because of that, it was normal for us to develop these layers of negativity layers of uh, being demeaned or thinking God doesn't love us, um, uh, deep layers placed into our understanding that God could never use us, that we have no value in the eyes of God. It's just that God, for some reason, we thought had just mercy and decided to save us as we called upon His name. But outside of that, you know, we just thought God doesn't really like us. But you know, later on I began to understand the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, the, the joy of God, that there's a lot of joy in serving the Lord. And I began to have change with my thinking. But it took, a, it took quite some time. I remember when I was a senior in high school, my pastor met me out in the foyer, and he said, he said Stephen, have you ever thought about becoming a pastor? And I, I just thought, to me, I thought, no, that's like the craziest thing in the world, because first of, all, God, first, first of all, I thought, God would never choose me, I'm unworthy. And almost all of us in the church, we had this big unworthy spirit of not, you know, we felt like we were, just weren't good enough for whatever reason. And that's really a dishonor to the blood of Jesus, because when you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus, uh, you're now in Christ, so He's your goodness, so in a sense, you're good enough because you're in Him. But we didn't, we didn't know all of that, so we were, we were pretty much beaten down. We had a very low image of ourself, and uh, you know, because of that, you're not going to have a happy environment. You're never going to see a lot of praise or joy, because we were just condemned uh, in many different ways. We loved the Lord, but we didn't know how much He loved us. Well, life continued on, and I was still a young man, 
And um, I remember one day in church, at this church I was going to, that was a Spirit-filled church. I'd gotten filled with the Spirit, and some of these layers were beginning to come off of me, but I still, I still uh, had, had the Holy Spirit really working on me and in me. I remember one day, uh, I'd, I had to teach the men's Bible study because the, um, the man that normally taught it, uh, he was late. And he had already called the head and said he was going to be late. So the other men, they didn't want to teach it. And I just, you know, I thought, well, you know, I, I could help. I, I don't really know, you know, I'm not like a student of the Word. I've, I've studied, but I don't, I didn't, I didn't really feel qualified. But nevertheless, uh, because the main teacher is running late, they wanted me to teach. I thought, well, I'll just get up here and do the best I can. And I did. And so eventually, uh, the Bible school men's teacher does show up, and he heard me teaching. And uh, later that morning, he said to me, he said, he said, Stephen, he said, while you're up there talking, now remember, I'm in my, I'm in my 20s, and he's much older, he has a professional career, and he's in the medical industry, and, but he loves, he loves the Lord. And uh, he said to me, he said, Stephen, while you're up there teaching, you know, I came in late, and sat down, you've already got it going, I wasn't going to, I'm just going to let you go ahead and finish the class. He said, but while you were teaching, he said, you know what? He said, I just believe that I saw you standing before multitudes of people preaching and teaching the gospel on an international platform. And I just thought, oh, there, there's no way. There's just no way something like that could happen for me. God would never use me. That, And in other words, I couldn't receive that prophecy because my mind couldn't go there. And although it says we have the mind of Christ, that is a position spiritually we have in Christ, but it needs to be worked out and it needs to be developed in our lives so that we really are open to the thoughts of God. Now, today it seems normal for me to do ministry. It seems normal uh, to reach, uh, you know, many, many people around the world. And I'm, I'm accustomed to that. I've acclimated to that. God just kept working on me. And uh, I kept getting more exposure in ministry of being around, you know, larger ministries and international ministries. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit just led me into that. But there was a time that that idea of doing something like that seemed, uh, that would, it had been the same thing as saying, I'm going to be going to Mars one day. You know, I, I just would have thought, well, there's no way. That's the craziest thing in the world. Well, you know, it won't be too much longer before there will be uh, people hitting off on rocket ships uh, going to Mars. That's certainly not my calling. But the thing about ministry was, and I believe that there's a God frequency, but some of these ideas, these thoughts, uh, we as believers can actually find ourselves rejecting them. We don't think they're from God. We think these are just crazy thoughts. Uh, uh, but really, in, in some ways, God's trying to get His His agenda to us, a revelation of our destiny or purpose. But in order to do this, we really have to be open to the thoughts of God. You have the mind of Christ. And God actually wants to share headspace with you. 
He does. He wants to speak to you. He wants to get in here between these two ears and drop thoughts into your, into your thinking, suggestions, ideas. And in some ways it may be just something simple. Like I just feel like I'm going to call somebody today. And maybe you didn't hear a voice from heaven say call so-and-so, but you just had a thought. I think I'll call somebody. And that conversation turns out to be a real blessing for them or for yourself. And you know what? That was a that was a thought that came from God. And when you have the mind of Christ, the mind of the anointed one, you start thinking like God. You start picking up on his thoughts. His thoughts become your thoughts, and you just start living it. And it's not so much a booming voice out of a heaven as it is his thoughts just permeate into your mind and into your brain, and you act upon that. It could be something as simple as a thought, a very predominant thought. You know what? I just think I'm going to clean my house today. And so you vacuum your house, you dust all the shelves, do all the dishes, everything's in order, and you sit down, and, now, and then you just get engulfed with the peace of God. Well, that's all originating from the product of catching the thought or the mood of God flowing with that, and it just makes your life complete, makes your life happy. And there's other times maybe you find yourself dreaming. Maybe we could call it daydreaming. And uh, you, you, you're seeing yourself in your mind's eye uh, doing something that you would love to do that would be like if you had no limits and if you had all the empowerment that you needed or all the money that you needed, you just sometimes you find yourself thinking about, I would love to be able to do this. Well, what if that's not just a, um, like a fleeting idea? What if that's actually a thought from God that that's something that God has in the mix for you to actually do in your life? Oh, that's a crazy thought. Well, God's thoughts, the Lord said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Just because it's higher or out of the box of your current sphere of possibilities doesn't mean that it's not from God. It very well could be from God. Absolutely, we have the mind of Christ. God wants you on the same I would call it mind frequency wavelength so that you can pick up on His thoughts. And there's many, many thoughts of God that will come to you, thoughts of love. Um, you just have a love for people. That, that can be the thoughts of God just coming into you. Uh, thoughts of love, thoughts of goodness, that God is good. God's good to you. God's good to, uh, to people. Thoughts of abundance, where you, you see yourself having overflow more than enough. Praise God. Uh, thoughts of health, health for yourself, health for others. Uh, thoughts of productivity, thoughts of kindness, thoughts of forgiveness, these things just coming into your mind. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's just, that's just me. Well, it's you under the influence of God. It's God coming into your headspace, His thoughts coming into, uh, into your mind, into your understanding, and so you start thinking God thoughts. And here's the thing, sometimes you might not even know you're doing it. You might not even like specifically label that or recognize that as, oh, that was a God thought. Sometimes it just, it's just like the anointing. The anointing's very smooth. Uh, it, it is very easy for those thoughts just to slip in. And you're thinking something beautiful, something high, something great, something that would make you happy, something that would bless others. And you're just like, wow. Well, I believe, I believe this is the Lord. I believe this is what He is doing in this hour. Let me show you something from the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verse 17. We have the four young Jewish men uh, 
taken into Babylonian captivity, and uh, they were being interviewed to be given a position in the king's royal court. In verse 11, we have the names of the four, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That, of course, would be their Hebrew names. Uh, they were renamed Babylonian names. Uh, most people still are familiar with Daniel. The others were renamed uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, let's move to verse 17. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge. I want to stop there just for a moment, because when it says God gave them knowledge, we could move over that very quickly and think, well, yeah, they graduated from, you know, Hebrew University. And so, yes, they were well-versed and well-skilled in this. They had good knowledge of mathematics, good knowledge of language. They could pick up the new languages easily. And so they were very knowledgeable people. Um, I have no doubt that they did have a good knowledge base, but in the Hebrew, this is not, not really what this is talking about. I know in our and our understanding of knowledge, we just think, well, you know, they could quote to you from, you know, Britannical Encyclopedia or something like that. But that, that is not what this is referring to concerning knowledge in the Hebrew. This here actually is the word, the Hebrew word, madah, and it means, get ready for this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what it means uh, don't have a religious reaction to it. Let me explain it, because I believe it's for you too. It actually means divine consciousness. Now, some of you, you're going to think, well, that sounds kind of New Agey, Pastor Stephen. Well, actually, it does, doesn't it? Because in the New Age, you know, people, uh, uh, they always talk about inner consciousness, God consciousness, divine consciousness, and on and on it goes. And you see that in various religions. But this is the core truth. There's always a core truth. There's always going to be a counterfeit. But this is the real truth of what this is referring to. And again, I'm not talking about um, Kabbalah, which is uh, a form of Jewish mysticism. That's not biblical. That's not scriptural either. We're not talking about fortune telling or uh, things like that. We're talking about four young men that were anointed by the Spirit of God with a divine consciousness. And it was something flowing from God to them so strong that they're actually thinking God thoughts. And they have, because they have those God thoughts, they have, they have amazing solutions. They have amazing ideas. They have remarkable ways to help to make things run smoother. And these are, these are the kind of guys you want on a royal governmental court. And it says in verse 19, then the king interviewed them and among them all. Now, these four are not the only ones. You have the very best of the best. Just think about the, the top graduates, the valedictorian, the salutatorian, all the ones coming out of the most prestigious universities with 4.0 GPAs or higher, the very, very best of the room, the king is interviewing those people. And it says, out of all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they serve before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the musicians. So all of the others were trained in occult arts, 
and astrologers. Uh, don't, don't think when it says astrologers that these are people, you know, like wearing like a wizard cap, you know, rolling dice and just, you know, hocus pocus. No, th these were also what we would call our modern day physicists. These were men that studied uh, astronomy. These were men that all, they had deep knowledge of what we would call advanced math at that time. And, uh, you know, already tracking stars, their movement, already beginning to understand gravitational pull, already beginning to ask questions and get some insight into the, the travel of starlight and how, how these cosmic things work. So these were brilliant people. But it says even out of these most gifted, brilliant people, that these four Jewish young men who were anointed by the Holy Spirit, it says they were ten times better than anybody else that the king had in his entire realm. Now, I'd like to expand that just for a moment. God sometimes has to dial down His glory or else we would just be blown to bits. I've had the Lord appear to me at times in a way where He's very just like like human. I know He's God in the flesh, and I know He's the second person of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, who is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. But in visions, I've had the Lord appear to me in a way where I could just talk to Him. But you know, the Lord can turn up that glory, and there's a point where you can't even talk. There's a point you, you just fall out. There's a point you can't even lift your hands to worship. The glory is just too strong. So He dials it down so that we can have you know, like normal conversations. And that's why I like, I like Jesus so much because He's still 100% man and 100% God. A mystery that we will always enjoy pondering. But I like the man aspect of Jesus because I can communicate with Him. He can share with me. He knows what I can handle. He knows when it's too much, or He also knows when He can take me, to, uh, take me higher because I'm ready for it. So, what he put on these young men was ten times more than what, uh, what was on the others. He could have put thirty times more. He could have put a hundred times more, but you, you go into realms like that, you are so far beyond normal people that they, they, can't, they can't grasp. It's like trying to teach uh, a normal third grader, you know, advanced quantum physics. They, they, you know, they're trying to do 4 minus 2 equals 2. They, they haven't even done geometry. They haven't done, uh, you know, calculus. They're nowhere near that. And so they can't, they can't handle that. So the Lord put something on them, but it wasn't so much that the king's just like, I can't even handle you guys. You guys need to go live on another planet. Well, they were still able to, to communicate, to serve well, to relate uh, to the other person uh, in, a, in a very kind and gracious way. But I, I'm telling you, God can put it on you. God can allow you to have a divine consciousness where His nature is flowing into you, and you know that this is something that's beyond you. Hallelujah, it's glorious, it's beautiful, and it really does give attention to Jesus and I believe that that ten times greater can touch your mind. I believe you can think thoughts that may be ten times higher than what others in the circle are thinking. Now, if one person has that, what a great blessing. But imagine four people on a team working together, and you've got, you've got four people that are flowing this. What if you had 20 people like that? 
Well, the body of Christ, I believe this is something that we're coming into to a greater measure. This divine consciousness, this mind of Christ, well, we really do start to believe we have the mind of God, that God's thoughts float through our mind, and we can grab them, and we can exercise them, we can think, Lord, that's it. That came from you. Again, going back a little bit to my my past life uh, of being a younger man, you know, you know, going back, you know, 30, uh, 35 years ago, there were just certain things that that were just beyond me that it, that today would seem very, very simple. But if I would have been told them back then, I'd have been like, there's no there's just no way there's no way. So, you know, when I was a young child, I remember, you know, because we grew up in the country, in rural Mississippi, uh, you know, way out on a, on, on a farm, on a pasture, uh, and it wasn't so much farmland as it was just forest. We had little areas for farming, but it was mainly just forest everywhere. But, you know, I remember one time we went into the city, and you're talking about culture shock, and, uh, and uh, lights, and cars, and activity, and my mind was just whirling as a young boy. But you know, today, uh, that, that, that's nothing complicated, that's nothing that I can't handle or assimilate today. You know, we grow and we increase, but God wants us to come up with Him. God wants our thinking to be elevated in Him, where our thoughts are, yes, with, with God, all things are possible. Our thoughts are, you know what, if, if, if Christ be for us, then you know what, we can do this. If God is with us, we can do this. Hallelujah. It may be beyond us, but it's not beyond God, and we are tied into God. You know what, and you start thinking, you know what, I believe this can happen. I believe God can do this. And as you open up into that God realm of thinking, you progress to a place where you not only believe it's possible, you actually believe it's going to happen. You actually start to believe, you know what, God, I believe you're going to do this, and I believe this is actually going to happen. What's going on? What's going on? When God's touching your mind, and you start to thank His thoughts, you really begin to understand, it's maybe not so much even that, hey, this is going to happen, this is great, as it is, this is destiny. And so you don't have to strain, you don't have to struggle, you just trust the Lord, because this is something that God has planned before you were ever born, that He's going to take you into it. And the, what you thought were those wild, crazy thoughts, the whole time that was God trying to reveal your destiny to you, but you, you, you couldn't maybe unpack it, maybe you just couldn't wrap your mind around it, but the Holy Spirit, and the strength of the Word, and getting around others who are you know, strong in faith, you know, you, you just start to think, you know what, I believe God's going to do it. Hallelujah. And it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But you really have to be open to God thoughts, because why? They're high. They're up there. I'm telling you, God will pull you up. He loves you just the way you are. But when He starts to unveil your destiny, you're like, wow. It's time to rise up on the wings of eagles. Glory to God, because God has something very, very special. So, this mind of Christ, you start to understand the goodness of God, how much God loves you. That, of course, makes you want to love others, because now you feel comfortable in Him. And so, now you love others. Now, you don't look at, at others as competition or something to be envious of, but you're encouraging others along as well. And when you know your identity and the, the unique plan that God has for you, 
something happens through that and through that work of the love of God where you start to realize God's plan for others. And that's when you can really begin to help others is because you're confident in knowing who and who you are in the Lord and that beautiful plan of God for your life. And because of that, you begin to see others and you can get glimpses of their destiny, even when they may be in a low place, so low that it would seem like a wild dream. But yet you can just, you know, give them a little something because you're seen, you're seen. You can give them a little something and say, come on, come on. God's got something for you. And, you know, I, I was thinking about the time Dr. Lester Sumrall, who's in heaven now. He was a great man of God, uh, known as an apostle of faith. And so he was a special messenger to the body of Christ to explain and expound the subject of faith. So he taught on faith a lot. And one time, Dr. Sumrall was getting ready for a very large convention, and his products had arrived, and they were being unpacked. But there was a young teenage man, young teenage boy, who saw the products being unpacked, and he wasn't saved. Uh, these were some of the products that were still outside. They were being brought into the meeting. And he snuck up behind the trailer, grabbed a bunch of the products, and he was going to run off with them. He didn't even know what they were. He just thought, well, they must be valuable. It looks like something that's being sold. So he grabs some, and he's taking them. And what he didn't know is that, you know, the man that wrote the books, Dr. Sumrall, had actually walked outside because he had been told his products were here, so he wanted to walk outside, make sure everything arrived safely. And he walked outside and came around the trailer right when that teenager was grabbing the products off the vehicle. And you know what? He didn't respond and say, oh, I caught you. You dirty thief, I caught you. He, he didn't do that. You know what came out of him? Very calmly, he looked at that young teenage man, and he said, the Lord shows me there are 62 books on the inside of you that you're supposed to write. <laughs> can, can you imagine that? And that young, that young teenager thought he was crazy. And, you know, but I think um, now, now that young teenage boy got saved later. And I think that the last book he wrote sold 4 million copies. He, he's, he's an apostle today, ministering the Word of God, writing a whole bunch of books. I don't know if he's written 62 yet. I don't think he has. But he's written a lot. And I know that they're really helping the body of Christ. But see, when you tap into that frequency with the mind of Christ, and you can absorb and assimilate and receive the thoughts of God, and, by, and not reject them and say, oh, I'm not worthy. But when you know how much God loves you, and you can receive those thoughts, and you, are, and you start to see that destiny that God has for you, and you're walking it out, and you're happy in it, you know what? When you see others, sometimes even if they don't know it, maybe they're in a place of defeat. Maybe they're not even saved. But yet in Christ, you can see who God had really called them to be. And those are the kind of people that you can speak into. You know, this today is why people are going to psychics and mediums and going to uh, fortune tellers. Because you even you have unbelievers that may be total sinners that don't know anything about God, but they just, they're asking questions. Why am I here? 
you know, just to wake up in the morning and shove food into my mouth and go off to work, come home and shove some more food in my mouth and watch TV and go to sleep? Is this all that life's about? And so they're actually looking for spiritual answers in dark places. But all of those answers are found in Jesus, the God-man, the man that laid his life down on the cross and shed his blood for lost mankind so that the penalty of sin could be paid and satisfied, and so that whoever would put their faith and trust in Him can be saved, receive forgiveness of sins, and find out their purpose and calling in Christ. And it's only when you find out your purpose and calling in Christ that you can step into the fullness of God's plan for your life, and you can then truly be the blessing to others that God has called you to be. But my friends, you've got, you've got to get on that frequency. You can, because you are a partaker of God's divine nature. That means just like a dog can hear a dog and understand the dog, a lion can hear a lion and understand the lion. You have God's nature so you can understand God. Okay? So, He is speaking. He is talking. It may not be a thunderous voice, but I'm trying to tell you that so many times these beautiful ideas I think some of you are rejecting them because you think, oh, that's just a crazy wild daydream. Mm, then why does it keep coming back over and over again when it's pure and holy and it would really bless a lot of people and would make you really, really happy because God knows how to touch that very deepest core area of your heart with what moves you. Why do you still have those so-called daydreams? <laughs> I think God's trying to speak to you, and maybe you felt unworthy, maybe you f have felt uh, uh, unempowered, like you don't have enough money, why even who? No, no, just receive the thoughts, receive those ideas, and say, yes, Lord, I agree. Lord, I agree. Now, Lord, just open it up, show me more, and, and help me, Lord. And I tell you what, it'll just begin to flow. And it'll really begin to flow. I believe this is why we're going to see a lot of so-called incurable diseases cured. A lot of these uh, uh, puzzling situations that are still in the medical field, uh, uh, still in the scientific field, a lot of these things are going to be explained and solved because people are going to finally start yielding to the thoughts of God. And the church is going to have so many answers and solutions to be a blessing to mankind. I really do believe that by, by God's grace we will be the city set on the hill with the brilliant light for all the sea, lifting up the name of Jesus. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I pray for everybody that's watching today that they, they be sensitive to your thoughts because that's their inheritance, that's their place in you, and so you're thinking through them. So, Father, we yield our minds to you, we yield our brains to you. Thank your thoughts through us, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let's take communion today. As you're getting your, your bread and your juice ready, I want you to pray often in the Holy Spirit. And by that I mean just prayerfully speaking out in tongues in your prayer time, because your mind works with your natural brain. There is an area of your brain that scientists have done studies on, these, these CAT scans, where people have volunteered to have, to have their brain scanned while they are speaking in tongues. And scientists have said that when Christians speak in tongues, 
there's an area of the brain that does something that science says we don't really have an explanation of, of how this is happening. There is no other type of activity that caused the brain to begin to work in that area except for what is, we've seen with this thing called tongues. But this area of the brain is not activated through study. This area of the brain is not activated through singing or through painting or through anything else they've ever seen except for uh, somebody speaking in tongues. So I believe that the thoughts of God coming through your mind, your brain being able to pick them up, I believe a lot of this can be can be grabbed through exercising of speaking in tongues. Praise God. Whenever you speak in tongues for maybe what we would say would be like a longer period of time, let's say you went 20 minutes, you know, nonstop. Maybe you went an hour in tongues nonstop, just speaking in tongues, kind of prayerfully speaking in tongues. What you want to do is when you're finished, just take a few minutes, just two or three minutes, get real quiet, and say, Heavenly Father, I ask that you give me the interpretation of the tongues that I have been speaking for the last however many minutes. Father, give me the interpretation so that my mind can understand what I've been praying about. And just, just kind of wait on the Lord just for a moment, and it'll start to come. You'll start to get the understanding and just speak that out. And now your brain, your mind, your, your natural knowledge, uh, that part of you can be fruitful. You'd be like, oh, that's what I was praying about. How about that? Praise God. Now, you don't have to always do that, but there will be times when uh, your own mind, you just want to know. And so you can, you can speak in tongues, and then you can also ask God for the interpretation by faith. Ask Him, and He'll give it to you. Praise God. And you'll, you'll get ideas out of that out of that will even come ideas from God directly revealed to you. You have the mind of Christ. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. We bless it. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We receive your divine consciousness, your awareness in our mind, in our thoughts, in our understanding. Now we thank you, Father. Touch our minds. Let your anointing, let your Holy Spirit be all over our minds, all over our thought life, even in dreams. <laughs> even in things we say, it could just come out. Just amazing statements inspired by you. Father, thank you. Come all over our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We thank you. We proclaim his death till he comes, that it's through his death that all the powers of darkness were defeated, and we, we were plugged into redemption at the Calvary through grace and through our faith in Him and His finished work. Father, thank You for the body of Jesus. Touch our minds. Let's receive. Hallelujah. First John chapter 1 verse 9 says that if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So when you receive the blood of Jesus and you confess any sins, 
when you receive the blood of Jesus in your mind, think thoughts that all of my sins are washed away. See, it says in the Word of God that every iniquity was placed upon Jesus when He went to Calvary for us. Every iniquity, every sin, willful sin, uh, any kind of sin, it was all put on Him so that we don't have to carry it. And that's what took place at, at Calvary. And when we received Christ as our Savior, then we were plugged into that forgiveness benefit package. Praise God. So we thank God for the blood of Jesus and thank thoughts. I'm free from sin. The power of sin is broken over my life. And the blood of Jesus washes all sin away. And I'm right before the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's receive the blood of Jesus now with good thoughts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We are clean. Hallelujah. Through the Lord's shed blood. Praise God. Okay, so some of these thoughts you've dismissed because you thought they were too high. Oh, God could never, with God, all things are possible. You probably want to start rethinking about those things again. I believe God's speaking to you perhaps more than you have ever understood. But you're going to catch it, and you're going to rise up to it, and your mind is being transformed. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.